Good afternoon. My name is Jill LaMadeline, and I'm the Vice President at International Tariff Management. I'm a licensed customs broker with over 28 years of experience. International Tariff Management is a fully licensed customs broker, and we specialize in duty drawback, classification, and free trade agreements. We have over 35 years of experience working with not only CBP, but with a multitude of industries and across the United States. Joining me today are two of my colleagues, and I'm going to ask them each to introduce themselves. Um, my name is Jay Charco. I am the president of International Tariff Management. I'm one of the founders uh, 35 years ago. Um, we have, uh, uh, I have worked with uh, U.S. Customs for all of that time. We have very good relationships uh, with the CBP. Uh, we have our corporate office in Connecticut, and uh, we have some branch offices in Florida. And I'm Carrie Irwin. I am the Director of Sales for International Tariff Management. I have 20-plus uh, years across um, a couple of different industries as well as different size companies as well. Today, we are going to be uh, discussing the opportunity to take advantage of free trade agreements. So, Jay, what exactly is a free trade agreement? Uh, thanks for asking, Carrie. <laughs> a free trade agreement is an agreement between um, one, two or more countries, and the idea behind the free trade agreement is to uh, foster uh, financial benefits between the two participating uh, countries. Uh, it allows countries to move goods uh, and services uh, through their borders, uh, paying less duty than the normal transactions would take place. There are currently, the United States currently has 14 free trade agreements, which cover over 20 countries. And these agreements um, help international trade, help the countries deal with the United States, and helps us move goods into their countries um, much swifter and at a better financial arrangement than without the free trade agreement. And the one that uh, people are probably most familiar with would be uh, USMCA. Jill, you want to tell us more about that? Sure. Uh, the USMCA, which is the agreement between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, and a lot of people know it according to its former name, which was NAFTA. Um, it, there are basically four conditions that, that are, must exist in order for people to take advantage of USMCA. Um, the goods must qualify according to the rules of origin um, under the USMCA. They must ship from a USMCA country, which is Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. Um, the USMCA declaration must be properly completed, um, and we're going to get into that a lot because that's something where we, we find a lot of errors. And the importer must collect and maintain the support documentation to show that the goods qualify for free trade between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Great. I find that um, when I'm speaking to our clients or potential clients, their vendors are asking for USMA, uh, USMCA certificates. Yes. So it is 
um, the exporter who has the knowledge of what the good is and what goes into the good, um, and they're shipping it to their customer. And their customer wants to qualify it for preferential treatment so they don't have to pay duty on it when they import it into their country. Um, and that's where completing the certificates is, is the utmost importance. Um, and the rules are complicated when it comes to the free trade agreements. And, and we're going to talk specifically about USMCA, I think, because it's the one we come across the most. And, and most of our clients are interested in, in. And I think that also, I think most of the rules are similar in all of the uh, trade agreements that we have. And um, there are differences. And uh, clients must be aware of that, and we're aware of it. So if you're, if you're dealing with Singapore, or if you're dealing with Australia, or if you're dealing with Chile, one of the other countries, it's important to make sure that your certificates uh, comply with the rules that are in that um, free trade agreement. But basically, the uh, rules are similar. I would say they're not the same exactly, uh, but they're similar. And one of the things we have found uh, in creating these certificates is that many, many companies uh, create a certificate as a blanket, and they think everything is the same. In fact, we have had companies uh, that are using NAFTA certificates uh, to try and comply with the USMCA. And they don't really understand the differences. And the differences, as Jill pointed out, are very complex. Um, for example, in order to do start the free trade agreement certification process, one must first classify the goods. And classifying the goods is a very difficult process. Uh, we have had numerous webinars discussing the classification of imported goods. And it is extremely important that classification be done properly because once you classify the goods for a free trade agreement, then you go into the rule that applies to that harmonized tariff number. And that harmonized tariff number creates the rule that you must follow. And if it's misclassified, then you're really classifying the wrong material. And when the governments of, and using the USMCA as an example, the government of Canada or the government of Mexico will look at that and say that this good is improperly classified, your certificate is wrong, and you might have to pay the duties uh, that were eliminated because of the relationship between the USMCA. Right. The classification is the springboard. Everything just is based on the classification, the rules for qualification, um, what rules you can use. Um, it all starts with the classification. And um, those who didn't pay, see our um, classification webinar should go back and listen to it and, and see how important that process is and how intricate it can be leading you to this process. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, you touched upon the first step is, is classifying the product, which leads into determining uh, the rule of origin. Um, and you determine how, how the item can qualify. Um, and the next step is determining the preference criteria. So every product that 
um, falls under USMCA has to be assigned a preference criteria. Um, and there are four, and they are A, B, C, and D. And preference criteria A is only items that are wholly obtained or produced in the United States. So obviously... Those must be very few items. Yes, they are very few. And obviously, if something is grown here, um, it also covers livestock. Um, it qualifies as a good of the U.S. So you can claim preference criteria A. Um, we see clients who are using preference criteria A, and we know these goods are not wholly obtained or produced in the United States. Um, and if we know it, Customs knows it. We have had clients that have uh, submitted uh, certificates to specifically the Canadian uh, Customs Service with A on it uh, that are automotive products. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, those are not grown in the United States. And what happens, as I mentioned before, uh, many people that are creating these NAFTA certificates do not have the experience that's needed or the background or the knowledge to do it. Many of them have been passed on from their predecessor in a particular job, and they are just redoing it as they've done in the past. And as I mentioned before, this can create a problem, a financial problem for these companies. Or just add on items to an existing certificate, which you cannot do. Exactly. Yes, you must look at each product individually. Um, you can't just lump them together. The second criteria, uh, preference criteria, is um, very, very um, complicated. And that's the one where most goods fall under. And there are two primary um, situations here, and we're not going to get into all the details. This is a very cumbersome and detailed process. The point of this presentation in this webinar is to let you know that this is difficult, <laughs> and it takes expertise, and that most companies need some support in order to do this. But there are two ways to classify things under the preference criteria. But preference criteria B is items that don't originate here, but they qualify under two possible scenarios. That, that is correct. Right. So the first scenario is called a tariff shift, and the second one is called a regional value content analysis. Um, do you want to talk about the tariff shift? We'll give it a brief description of what it is. Uh, a tariff shift is a good is imported into the United States. It has a tariff number on it. This product is then manufactured into something else that might have a different tariff number on it. For example, something might come in, a product, and you might use three raw materials to make that product. Two are imported and one is of U.S. origin. The two imported ones, and again, I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty details here of telling you what the HTS numbers are. But the two that come in have an HTS number because it's a specific product. And you have to compare that HTS number to the HTS number of the finished product. And a tariff shift means that the two imported products must change their tariff number in order to qualify. If they don't, then this good, if that was the rule of origin for that particular HTS number, then these, this good would not qualify. And again, there is the importance of classifying things properly. 
You're classifying the components that go into the finished product. You have to properly classify the exported component. So there's a lot of classification involved. Exactly. And then we have the regional value content. Right. The regional value content is a very complex calculation. There are two ways to do it. Uh, one is the transaction value, and the other is the net cost method. Without getting into all the details, you have to take into consideration the cost of the raw materials, the cost of manufacture, and the cost of the finished product. And in order to qualify for, in this case, the USMCA, if your rule says regional value content, you must qualify by one of the two methods. Again, it's complicated. Uh, the, the purpose of this webinar is not to get into the nitty gritty. It's just to indicate that you better be sure it's being done right or that you can lose the preference that the free trade agreements have been giving you. And we have, the, they don't need this knowledge. We have the knowledge. So if they hire an expert like us, um, we can tell them which one is appropriate based on what they're trying to use. Absolutely. And uh, Jill, you'd mentioned there were four um, Preference criteria. Preference criteria. Correct. So preference criteria B, which we talked about with the uh, tariff shift and the, the net calculations, um, is the most popular. Um, most things that um, people are qualifying for USMCA is falling under preference criteria B. But there's also preference criteria C, which co covers products that are produced entirely in the territories of one or more than one USMCA countries. Um, and preference criteria D, which is less common, um, is uh, unassembled goods and goods classified with their parts. And whereas A is a preference criteria that custom sees and sort of a red flag waves, preference criteria D is also not as popular and not as um, used. So if you have preference criteria D, you better be sure it falls under preference criteria D because that's going to alert customs that, wait a second, how are you coming across with preference criteria D? Um, but there are four basic preference criteria, and that's the next step uh, to the classification. One of the interesting things about um, uh, putting out a certificate, a certificate of USMCA or one of the other ones, is that it must have the proper information. And what that requires you to do, and when we do it for our clients, you need to go back to your vendors and get the documentation to support the fact that their products are classified properly and their origin is specific. Uh, in today's market, there's a lot of goods coming in from China and um, there's high duty rates and you have to make sure they're classified properly. And if they're not, again, as we said before, the whole process has been started off wrong so that it needs to be followed up. And again, as Carrie pointed out, uh, this is something that we do. <laughs> Uh, we don't. We take this responsibility away from our clients, so they don't have to have all of this expertise. So, how can our clients, Jill, um, be confident that their certificates are completed accurately? Well, I, if 
they are working with their certificates and they are completing them themselves. They need to have the knowledge of the product, which they have. It's their product. The knowledge of the HTS, the knowledge of the free trade agreement that they're taking advantage of, um, and also a knowledge of the HTS. So they need to have a multi-informational system available to them. Um, and a lot of our clients have that knowledge of the um, product, but they lack the knowledge of the other pieces and the NAFTA, the USMCA, excuse me, rules um, and what is required for the certification process. Um, and that's where we come in. And those are those are many of the mistakes that we find. We find, I think we've harped upon it, the classification errors. Mm-hmm. Um, we find forms that are completed inaccurately. Uh, they have the wrong preference criteria. Um, they have the wrong support documentation. We also find people who are still completing NAFTA forms. And it's been several years since NAFTA has been in effect. And you must use the USMCA declaration. Um, so those are the things that, that people need to be aware of if they're taking advantage of these programs. They need to make sure all those processes are followed. That it's correct and complete. Exactly. There are also cases where, a specific case, where you can import something uh, that is foreign. And, um, for example, uh, you can bring in clay uh, from a South American country. And you can make a ceramic mug out of that. And you can export the mug. Um, There's nothing of U.S. origin in that, except that you've manufactured it in the U.S. and you can ship it to Canada. The advantage here is that the tariff number has changed. And the rule for a mug says that the tariff number, the, the way you get NAFTA, certifi- way you get USMCA certification is to use the tariff shift. In this particular case, the tariff of these clay coming in is different than the tariff number of the mug going out. It's gone through a tariff shift, and therefore it qualifies for USMCA. So here's an item that's come in from a foreign country, uh, been put together here in the U.S. The rule says it's a tariff shift. It's gone through the tariff shift, and one can get benefit of the USMCA. Uh, And uh, there's no U.S. material in it. And I think it's important to mention we work with many companies in um, preparing their USMCA declarations or other participation in other free trade agreements, and a lot of them are overwhelmed. They source tens of thousands of components from vendors all over the United States. Um, and we work with those vendors, and we approach the program. We have the support in-house to work the program and go back to every single vendor for every single part so that they can ensure that each component is being accounted for. Um, Rather than doing a sweeping preference criteria B, they all qualify, here you go. Um, They can ensure that they're doing it properly and that every component and every vendor has been looked at um, so they don't end up in trouble with uh, Canada. The other thing they should be aware of is this has to be done every year. Um, things change. Uh, Sourcing of materials change. And it's required that uh, our clients that we have, everyone is looked at every year. 
And sometimes they change during the year. If a sourcing situation um, in July is changed, uh, one must re-look at the certificates to make sure that they qualify. So it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process that needs to be maintained in order to uh, comply with the regulations. And the bottom line is we are the experts that can absolutely uh, save you time by managing this whole program for you. Save you time and do it accurately. Right. And make sure everything is processed properly. Um, so I think that, you know, we talked about how we don't want to get into the nitty gritty because it, it's not important for people to know how to do it. Um, but if people have a possibility to participate in free trade agreements, and it could be USMCA, it could be one of the other 14 that are available, um, they should reach out to who? Uh, reach out to ITN. Our information is listed here. And uh, we will absolutely get back to you and help you with this process. Well, thank you all for joining us today on, as we talked about free trade agreements and what goes into certifying items to participate in a free trade agreement. Um, we encourage you, if, if you're being contacted by your customers and they're asking you for certificates or support documentation for free trade agreements, um, let us help you. This is what we do. And the process is involved and intricate and you don't need to do it yourself. We can support you. Um, so the contact information is on the screen. And if you reach out to us directly, we'd be happy to help you. And thanks again for joining us.